Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello there. So delightful to see you return to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker. And as we inch ever so closer to All Hallows' Eve, we continue through the month of October, focusing mainly on uh, the horrors that lie within this time of the year. And we have one in particular today. I found this old box full of vintage cassette tapes, VHS cassette tapes, and an old VCR. I thought maybe if we uh, turn on this old set and check out one of these tapes, we might find the horrors that lie within the very thing we're looking for this time of year. Ah, yes, I believe this is exactly what is in order for a time such as this. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new Shutter Original VHS 99. So I got into the VHS series a little late in the game. I don't know why. And of course, I make no bones about it. I love an anthology movie or an anthology series. The anthology stories are so perfectly suited for horror because I think some horror, I mean, there are a lot of horror films, a lot of horror ideas that can be sustained throughout an hour and a half, two hour movie. It can be sustained uh, sometimes <laughs> to varying degrees of success, but can be sustained over multiple movies. But then there are some ideas, some horror stories that are just better suited for a shorter format and not even necessarily a half hour TV format. There are some stories that really, if you add more time to it, it's just going to dilute it and Short stories are, are one of the things I really love about horror. And to see an anthology series where you maybe you get uh, 15, 20 minutes of a story, and that's sometimes all you need to really get the punch and really get the horror. So that's one of the things I, I love about horror anthology. The VHS horror anthology series, again, one that, uh, you know, I'd always seen it. I'd always wanted to watch it, but uh, I just never took the time. You know, I always found a reason, oh, I want to watch this or I want to watch that and I got into it late in the game last year when Shudder came out with VHS 94 and to say it as politely as possible uh, I did not like VHS 94 uh, there were a couple good short stories in it some good productions. I, I hated the the holy hell, the kind of through line framework narrative for it. It just it was horribly acted. It was clunky and just uh, was nonsensical at times. Storm Drain was okay. It was a good idea. They just took it too far. Uh, Chloe Acuno, who went on to to direct Watcher, was I I, I like her style. I just think the story uh, needed kind of pulled back and edited a little, make it a little more concise, make it give it a little more punch. Uh, so I didn't really care for that one. Uh, the Empty Wake, I thought was kind of boring, and I, I didn't like that. The subject, though, that was really good, and Terror, I thought, was a, a really good 
uh, episode in VHS 94. So, you know, half the stories I liked, half I really didn't care that much for. A lot of good ideas. The two I didn't like had, I think, good ideas. I just don't think they were as well executed as subject and terror. But you know what? I am a forgiving sort, and I am the sort that won't let one bad experience or one so-so experience uh, sully a rest of a series. So I was like, well, okay, I got to go back and I got to watch these. So, you know, I've watched VHS. I watched VHS too. I think Viral is the only one I haven't watched yet, but I've heard mixed reviews about that. So I'll watch it eventually. But when I heard they were coming out with VHS 99, and judging by the trailer for it looked a lot scarier to me than VHS 94. That was the thing with VHS 94s. Some of the things were were spooky, but there wasn't a lot of sustained terror through some of the things, especially the through line story. And Storm Drain started out spooky, but then kind of got uh, and the empty wake just it wasn't scary to me at all. Maybe it had a couple little minor scares, but the trailer for VHS 99 looked really good. And I thought it was an interesting time frame. You know, 99 was such a, there's such a big unknown about 1999 because the new millennium was coming. 2000 was on the way. Y2K was all the buzz. And I was really happy to see they didn't do anything with Y2K, at least not overtly in this movie, VHS 99. So I was happy with that. But, you know, there was just this air of the unknown. What's the world going to be like uh, when the clock strikes midnight on New Year's Eve 99 as we go into 2000? So, I, you know, it was really a, an interesting time. And a lot of the stories kind of tie in with, you know, that era of the late 90s going into the new millennium. So it really looked interesting. And like I said, some of the some of the clips in the trailer look quite scary to me. Uh, and we'll kind of get into this. Now, I'm going to I'm going to be right up front with you about this. I'm going to try not to be too spoiler. I'm going to try not to give too much away, too many big things away, but there's no real way I can talk about these individual stories without do it's not like a you know talking about a, a full movie in vagaries and then doing a spoilery section for that movie. I don't want to have to do separate spoilery sections for each story, uh, so we're just kind of gonna go through these. And I am gonna talk about some spoilery things, some spoilery twists and whatnot. So if you haven't watched this, you should probably go watch VHS ninety nine. Uh, I ultimately think you are going to enjoy it if you like horror, if you like the VHS series. Um, you know. I I like this. Uh, it, it wasn't to me as good as the original VHS. Uh, the original anthology movie, I think, was probably one of the best because you had guys like David Bruckner. You had Ty West. You had some guys that have gone on to do big things. And I think in this, you're going to find some of the directors and storytellers going on to do bigger things because I really liked some of the stuff I saw. So if you love horror, I think you're going to like VHS 99. So go watch it, then come back and hear my thoughts on it. But to start out, this had a, a really weird through line um and and of course this like all the other vhs movies you know it is found footage it is supposed to be like you popped a vhs tape into your vcr and you are just watching what is on there and one of the things i've always found interesting is 
you know, you get all the, the tracking lines and the tracking effects, uh, much like you would if you popped it in an old VHS tape. Uh, you get kind of that little clips and segments of things previously recorded that are now recorded over, things bleeding through at times. I, I think that can be overdone. And I think in some instances, maybe it is done a little too much. They're skirting up to the line of overdoing it, maybe crossing it a little, maybe just getting there. But uh, I, I found that quite, uh, you know, this is nostalgia porn. Everybody talked about torture porn in horror for the longest time. And now we're in the era of nostalgia porn. And everything has to have an era of nostalgia. All these new VHS movies call back to a particular year. Uh, we had 94 last year. This year it's 99. They're doing a VHS 85, which I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to because that's right in my wheelhouse uh, growing up throughout the 80s was, you know, that's... That's the time, 90, or actually 85, that's, you know, in that range is where I was really kind of getting my feet wet in horror from, from early 80s through the mid 80s and then and becoming a fan of horror. So really looking forward to that. But this was a slice of nostalgia and you got all that nostalgia of putting in a VHS tape with all the effects and like I said, the bleed throughs and the things looking like you know, you recorded over this, that recorded over that, recorded over something before that. So that to me was kind of, yeah, it takes you back. And the through line of this is like some kid, you don't see him. All you see is what he's filming, but he is doing what a lot of young filmmakers did. I know I, I have heard chapter and verse of Peter Jackson during the Lord of the Rings commentaries talking about making old movies uh, with his plastic army men and his in his garden, his mom's garden. So that's what you have here. You have some kid doing kind of stop motion animation with his green, you know, World War II army men. And it's... <laughs> It's some it's some weird stuff at first, and then it gets even weirder and even bloodier with with some blood effects on these on these little plastic army men. It's actually quite entertaining to watch. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with any of the other stories except for one, which we'll we'll talk about when we get to that. But you get some of these little shorts of this guy or this kid, I should say, making a little video with his army men, which is. It's, it's like I said, to say the least, it is entertaining, if anything. It's shades of uh, liquid television from 90s MTV and Robot Chicken of today. Now, the first story we get in this anthology is the story called Shredding, uh, written and directed by Maggie Levin. This is a, uh, this is a story, I, I like this. I, I can't say I thought any of these stories were bad in this VHS 99. This is the one, though, that... It's not that the story was bad. It's just the main characters in this are all such assholes. Oh my God. There's just not uh, a likable kid. Well, I, I should say there is one likable kid. He becomes likable. Uh, it's this group of kids. They've got this band. This is like a cross between um, like some shitty 90s, late 90s punk pop band. If this late 90s punk pop band 
had a jackass-style show or did jackass-style recordings. Uh, that's what this group, they call themselves Rack, which is an anacronym for the first letters of each of their names, Rachel, Anchor, Chris, and Caleb. They show these kids and just not very likable teenagers. I don't know if they're supposed to be in their teens or maybe early 20s, but just uh, all of them douchebags until they get things going. And then the Anchor character kind of uh, has a little bit of a redeeming quality about him, but they're going to this old burnout underground club where this band many years ago played and a fire was started and everybody got out except the band. The band was trampled by their own fans and the band members are now said to haunt this old, you know, underground club. And, and it kind of had shades of the band, great white uh, hair metal band from the eighties or yeah, I, I, I think it lumped in with hair metal, but they were just really a hard rock band, you know, once bitten twice shy, uh, Mr. Bone, the angel song, uh, Save Your Love, a lot of great songs in the 80s. Uh, they had a, a concert, I believe it was in New Jersey, where a fire got started and the band survived, but some of the people got trampled and died in this in this fire at this club. And it, it kind of had shades of that. Maybe I don't know if that inspired this or not, but uh, this this band, these, this group of kids go to this and they're playing pranks on the uh, anchor character. He gets pissed off at them. And then that's when kind of shit goes down. And you find that the uh, the ghosts of the past have returned to their old haunt. And, you know, the story is, is quite simple. Like I said, there aren't a lot of likable kids here. So you really find yourself rooting for the ghost to kill all of them and it felt like shades of in some of the later friday the 13th i think they really kind of perfected the the cast that just didn't have any redeemable characters and you you really wanted jason Voorhees to to hack them all to bits with a machete they kind of did that where nobody was really likable you really didn't care if anybody survived and i have to say the makeup effects really made up for the fact that none of these these kids that have, have gone to this club to to check out the haunting uh the fact that none of them are likable uh, and it really made it hard to watch at times they were so unlikable and so obnoxious but the effects on the ghosts in this and the the creature design and the makeup was just so good they used a lot of practical and i think it was really smart to do it this way they did a lot of practical and the fact that they're doing it with you know handheld camcorder style of the tracking lines uh, it's dark it really hid any imperfections in the makeup and in the costuming and just added an air of creepiness about it that even though you're rooting for the ghost to kill these kids and they kill them in some quite gruesome ways and there were some actual uh, scenes where like oh, it kind of gave me a chill it was so uh, creepy how it was handled that uh, I, I really liked this one in spite of the fact that there was like no real likable kids in this. Even the band, they show a video a flashing back of what kind of a band they were like uh, before they died in this fire. And, and it's just even they were unlikable. 
maybe just maybe a commentary on the uh, pretentious, unlikable alt rock band members of the of the nineties, uh, and especially that kind of all culminated there in the late nineties, especially ninety nine. Rock bands of that time had unlikable, pretentious people in the bands. So. <laughs> Uh, all that aside, unlikable characters aside, this was an interesting way to start it off. Probably the my least favorite of all the stories, but still a good story, I thought. So Suicide Bit is the second story in this. And this one, probably one of the cleanest, not necessarily in terms of the quality of the video footage, but cleanest stories in the sense of its simplicity. And it was just a, a simple story and simply done and... And it was really effective. Of course, it was written and directed by Johannes Roberts, which um, a, a director I'm not really familiar with, but I like this style. So looking forward to seeing more uh, from uh, Johannes Roberts. Uh, it's about this group of college kids. There's this girl. She's uh, essentially doing what is called a suicide bid. She is bidding to join a sorority. And she is coming out and saying she wants to be in this particular sorority and that she will not she will not go to any other sorority. So essentially nobody in any other sorority is going to offer her an invite because they know she wants to be somewhere else. And so it really means the sorority she wants to join can do whatever they want to her as far as hazing goes and she's just got to put up with it because that's the only sorority if they accept her they're the only ones that are going to make her an offer so you have this this freshman in college she's trying to join the sorority and they take her to a graveyard and tell a story about an old pledge that was buried alive and she ended up accidentally dying and her ghost haunts this uh this the cemetery and she has to spend the night like this this ghost uh, this uh, former pledge she has to spend a night buried alive in this coffin and it really plays into a lot of claustrophobia uh it, it plays into you know fear of the dark all she's got is this camcorder and the light from that uh there's another element of the, the spiders that Oh my god. I've got a I got a thing about spiders. And when she opens up that box because she's told that when she's uh there's a bell, you know, that bell on the rope, uh she gets scared and too scared to do it and she's thinking about ringing the bell uh to open the box. Well, she does that instead of ringing the bell and these spiders come out. Big creepy Ugh, it's the kind of spiders we get around here. I live kind of quasi out in the country, and it is, uh, yeah, it, it hit a little too close to home. It was creepy, and then it just got weirder from there, and the, the, the bit with the water coming in just added a lot of elements of claustrophobia. Stuck in tight spaces, it played off the fear of drowning, fear of the dark, it was just played off so many fears and then uh some of the some of the special effects were kind of like when there's the crack in the coffin and she sees the face through it it just felt like a too big image superimposed that it just it, it it seemed a little off uh but then some of the other practical effects with with the creature and the ghost uh in the coffin with her uh, those were creepy as fuck then you get kind of the jump cut to the other girls getting their comeuppance once once this main character dies and those were effective and creepy as well uh it was just like i said a, a real simple story a real simple concept uh simply done and it was simply done well for the most part i i really enjoyed this it had some really creepy 
moments that played off of some of those uh, innate fears that we have, like claustrophobia, fear of drowning, fear of the dark, fear of spiders, just all kind of rolled into one. It was it was kind of a, a nightmare scenario if you have any phobias. Now, this third story in VHS 99 was probably one of the one of the ones that I just, I loved this. This was one of those where it didn't get really creepy and scary so much until the end, but it was just so delightfully nostalgic. It played off some of that nostalgia porn. It was also kind of just so bizarre. Like you're seeing just uh, this world, it's close to ours, but just slightly off kilter. And it played into some themes, I think, that's, that were kind of interesting, the idea behind them. Uh, the the episode is called Ozzy's Dungeon. It's written by Zoe Cooper and Flying Lotus, directed by Flying Lotus. And this was fun because you have this, this child's game show. It kind of felt like a perverted version of that Nickelodeon show Double Dare with Mark Summer. Uh, it, it felt like that, where kids have to do these obstacles and these physical challenges. And then the winner gets to go into Ozzy's Dungeon. And if they get through that, then they they have a wish granted and you're okay what is this like some sort of make-a-wish thing you where they just you know send you off to hang out with Shaquille O'Neal or they give you uh, a ticket to the Super Bowl or something like that you, it's really kind of vague although they do say that no one's ever made it that far uh, and of course it has this game show host that uh I don't know if we ever hear a name of this game show host, but he's the host of the show, and it's Stephen Ogg. If you remember him from uh, Walking Dead, he played a great role in that. He shows up from time to time. Great character actor. Really played this part so well because he felt like one of those game show hosts, those kids game show hosts from back in the '90s. That you know he's he's friendly enough on on camera, but you know he probably despises being around all these little shits. All day long, uh, he kind of felt like a cross between that and a TV evangelist from from like the 90s. It's just he he played his part so interesting. It was captivating to watch him perform as this character and the the glee that you know is in the eye when he's watching these kids uh, get tortured in this. And yeah, this this kids game show is brutal. Kids getting stabbed. Uh, the main girl in this donna she breaks her leg grossly it was some horrible body horror in this one uh that leg break uh, being one of the instances and of course she's uh she's winning she looks like she might be the first one to go to ozzy's dungeon and get the wish but uh but she ends up breaking her leg and is out of the competition and then we find out years later that the show has been canceled and that Donna's family has this game show host uh, kind of trapped. Uh, they've abducted him and Donna's mother, Deborah, uh, a domineering woman, is not taking any shit. She's going to get that wish and they're going to get a new car and 10, no, $15 million. So they put the game show host through all these, these torturous games and where in the game show you might... Uh, go through fake poop in this one. He's gonna go through real poop. It was it was gross. Some gross out humor. Some gross out horror. Some some body horror. It was just a lot of stuff going on. And you're just 
kind of giggling with delight watching the whole thing. Then, of course, at the end, they, they end up going to Ozzy's dungeon, and you find this. It, this is where the, the episode gets really bizarre, as you find this, like, big, bulbous, naked lady on a table with all these druid-looking people looking out for her. Donna goes up to make her wish, and this creature busts out of the bulbous lady's stomach people's faces start melting raiders of the lost ark style uh some really gruesome effects there and you get this evil look this this final uh, frame of the episode is like the vhs tape stopped on donna and she has this evil look in her eye it just it got really weird uh i have no idea what it was all about i don't know what idea uh or have no idea what the ending is supposed to mean or what the hell's even going on here but it just had such a a creepy vibe to the whole thing kind of like a fucked up willy wonka's chocolate factory and Everything is just kind of off kilter and the way it ends so uh, grossly and so horrifically, uh, it just, and then like I said, that freeze frame on Donna's face with this evil look in her eye. I don't know what it's trying to say there, but there are, it seemed to be some themes. It, it kind of felt like they were trying to say something about entitlement and people feeling entitled to win the prize. People feeling entitled to getting exactly what they want. And maybe that's, I mean, that's certainly something in this day and age that we face. And and maybe that's kind of a, a something that maybe it started in the 90s. Maybe it started uh, long before that. Maybe it's a tale as old as time, as the uh, Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast would say. But there are definitely some some vibes you get from this, uh, some themes about uh, society and things like that. But it was really an interesting. It wasn't a scary episode. It wasn't a scary story, although like it did get really creepy. And you know the anticipation kind of built as they're going through Ozzy's dungeon to get to this place where where Donna can make her wish. But I quite enjoyed this one. And like I said, uh, Stephen Ogg is just gleefully. Uh, brilliant as this game show host. Now, the next story in this is Gawkers, written by uh, Chris Lee Hill and Tyler McIntyre, directed by Tyler McIntyre. Uh, this is another one that, just like all of the people that are supposed to be the, I can't even say protagonists, but the main characters is a group of these uh, young boys, late teens probably. They're just doing horrible things, acting like little jackasses. Again, it felt very much like the you know, these kids would have hung out with the kids from the the first story in this shredding uh they would have all hung out together and been little dickheads together and this is the one where we get the tie-in with the through line with the the kid that's making this movie out of these little green army men he is the younger brother of one of these boys in this group of boys that are are constantly doing stupid shitty thing and then we find them gawking and videotaping the next door neighbor as she's in the pool in her bikini and they're lusting after her and they talk the younger brother into helping her set up uh, some spyware you know set up her computer but they're going to have him put spyware on her computer so they can watch her through her her computer camera with the intent of seeing her naked which they do and they quickly regret that because there are little hints throughout the episode nothing too overt but once 
things go down and and then it all starts to make sense oh that's why she's got all those greek statues and we see her make that transformation and go after these boys once she realized what they've done and that you know nobody is spared in this it was quite creepy and while the cg was a little wonky it was a little cheap it still wasn't Hor- I can't say it wasn't horrible. It wasn't good. But uh, I've seen a lot worse. And the story was interesting enough. Watching these boys that are, are little assholes get their comeuppance. You know, that was enough to, for me to look past the crummy CG and and just enjoy the moment of terror that is going on here. It wasn't horribly scary. Uh, it, there's no real scares until you get to the very end. No real horror till you get to the very end of the story. But the not even the shock of of what happens, but just the oh, that's the route they're going. That that was interesting enough, and I could look past, like I said, some of the less than stellar CG work in this. Now, finally in this, we come to the last episode, the last story in VHS 99 to Helen Back, which probably, this is probably one of my favorite stories. I would say this is my favorite story in this. It's just, there's one aspect of it I didn't really care for. They wish they would have pulled back on and we'll talk about that but this written and directed by Vanessa and Joseph Winter now you may be familiar with Joseph Winter if you watch Shudder that new movie that they just had come out a couple weeks ago it's a movie I haven't watched yet and I've wanted to it's just kind of got caught up with with things I've been trying to get on and we've got a lot of content out there right now and of course the past uh, week and a half two weeks uh, I've been dealing with the issues with our our streaming platform getting that switched over and the nightmare that was involved there so I really haven't got to watch Deadstream, which is on Shudder and actually directed by Joseph Winter, and I believe it stars him as well. And he is also in this story on VHS 99. He wrote and directed this with Vanessa, and of course, he plays one of the leads, Troy, who <laughs> this one was such a, a good idea and so well executed that I didn't mind so much that it leaned into comedy. And I I don't mind horror being mixed in with my comedy, but there are some stories I think would just be better if it was straight up horror. And this is one of those stories. I think it would have been much better. Uh, not that it wasn't good, but it would have been much better if To Hell was just a straight up horror story and they didn't try to throw in too much comedy and too many gags and little bits. I thought this would have been creepy as fuck. I mean, it already was pretty creepy, but the comedy kind of takes you out. It wasn't tension-breaking comedy. You know, it's it's one thing if you build up tension and then you put a little funny line in to relieve some of the tension so you can build it up more to the big climax. Uh, it wasn't that. It was just, you know, comedy jokes and jokes as, as these two guys are going through this. But you have these two filmmakers, Troy and Nate, who are filming this demon summoning this it's new year's eve 1999 uh very appropriate that this is the last uh, story in vhs 99 uh they're filming this this group of people summoning this demon to the world and to, to bring in the new millennium uh demon style and 
during this conjuring of this demon, they end up getting sucked into hell. And they spend the whole time trying to get out of hell. They come across this this lower level demon that is going to help them get to the demon they're supposed to be or that's being summoned so they can go back into our world with this demon and the landscape i don't know where they did this out in some desert somewhere here in the united states i'm assuming uh, but the landscape especially when it was a uh, you know wasn't lit very well just by handheld camcorder light. It, it looked like a hellish landscape. Uh, a lot of the creature design was really creepy. There were some demon creatures that just look messed up. Uh, it was it was some of them terrifying. The one creature you see in the trailer, uh, a demon that's kind of crouched down, and you see him from behind, and those little tiny wings spread out. The, the creature design and the practical effects in this were sometimes gross, sometimes chilling, uh, creepy for days and true horror stuff. That's, that's why I say if they would have leaned back and leaned away from the comedy so much, this could have been a really scary story to tell. Now, I understand with the way it ended... Uh, it ended in kind of a quasi-funny name. They they finally get to this demon where they're supposed to be uh, that's being called to Earth by this, this group of cultists. The demon that helps them, Mabel, just wants them to write her name in the in the book that that these people are are the reading the incantations to call this demon forth. Uh, she just wants her name written in that book. And when they get back, you find that I believe Nate makes it through and I think Troy actually gets his his soul or spirit uh, transferred into the body of the girl that they're going to sacrifice to call this demon forth and ends up getting stabbed. It's, it's crazy. Uh, the guy writes Mabel's name in the book which kind of ties into the PS, they both die. It's just, uh, you know, like I said, it, it was horrific. I think if they would have played more into the horror and less into the comedy, I think this would have been a fantastic, knocked out of the park story. It's just, it was too fun. It's too much comedy at times for my liking. Doesn't mean I didn't enjoy this. And this was definitely the best story out of all of them, I thought. The best story and the best executed story. So, I really enjoyed this. Like I said, I just would have wished they would have eased back on the comedy. And then, of course, you get some audio at the end of the credits. Not a not a PS scene, but some audio at the end of the credits where you hear these cultists again uh, chanting. They normally, during the To Hell and Back episode, they're chanting the demon that they're trying to summon. Now we hear them chanting Mabel's name. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. Uh, like I said, the comedy worked in this. It just sometimes it was a little much, especially when the guys are in hell. They're trying to get out of hell and they're just cracking jokes as, they, as they're running through this hellish landscape. That's the only thing that really kind of wish they would have uh, scaled back on. Focus on the horror. Use the comedy sparingly. But ultimately, uh, I'm really excited to see more from Joseph Winter. Makes me want to go watch Deadstream uh, and see what uh, you know what else he's doing. Check out what can I expect in the future from from this cat because I really enjoyed this story and I thought, like I said, it was probably one of the best directed and best visually. So all in all, I really liked this VHS sequel. I wasn't a huge fan of VHS 94. When looking back, you know, only four 
real episodes plus the through line. I liked two of the episodes. I liked two of the stories in VHS 94. VHS 99, I loved it top to bottom. I thought all the stories were solid. I thought each one was acted well. Even the episodes that had young kids that are real shitheads that you just don't like them uh you don't like them because the kids are acting quite well they're they're acting how these characters are supposed to be portrayed and they're acting unlikable so they all did a good job with that i really liked even even with to helen back with the comedy i thought uh, joseph winner and the other gentleman who played nate I thought they both played the comedy well. While I thought it was a little too much comedy, the comedy did feel... It felt natural. It felt like two guys that never really take anything serious, and they just are constantly, even when they're not cracking jokes, they're saying smart-ass things. I can relate to that to a degree. I can't say I probably wouldn't uh, be cracking wise, but not in a hellish landscape. I just I just can't see that. That's like I said, that's the only my real only hang up with that one, but uh, I thought the acting was all quite good. The practical effects through each story were were really good and really enjoyable. Like I said, doing it in this VHS style format where you get some of those tracking uh, effects and things aren't always uh, crystal clear really helps cover up a multitude of sins and covers up some of the you know some of the seams in the back of the mask that sort of situation so i all in all like this i thought it was had some some creepiness so even some decent scares uh it had some really interesting dark macabre subject matter and was quite enjoyable especially you know around halloween this is a this is a uh, VHS that I would go back and watch again. Uh, the first VHS, I'd definitely go back and watch that. Uh, this one, I'd do it as well. So that's my thoughts on VHS 99. Really excited to see where this series is going because kind of got a revamp. David Bruckner is doing a lot of producing with this now, being a part of the original VHS movie. Uh, Bloody Disgusting is involved with the production of this. Uh, I was a little worried about that with 94 because, like I said, there's only really a couple of stories in that. But with VHS 99, I've, I've you know, I think this franchise is in good hands and they've got a lot of things planned they have vhs 85 which should be coming out sometime next year uh you've got uh, kids versus aliens which is a spinoff uh one of the vhs 2 stories uh you've got that coming out next year as well so looking forward to both of those and looking forward to to more from the vhs series like i said i, I think it's getting a bit of a renaissance and you know like i said well vhs 95 was a little iffy vhs 99 was really solid so that makes me excited for vhs 85 of course david bruckner is coming back to direct one for vhs 85 scott derrickson is going to be uh directing uh, a story for vhs 85 so a couple big heavy hitters in horror these days uh going to be involved with this plus some some newer directors that uh, i'm not as familiar with so really excited about vhs 85 and uh, excited for the future of this and of course keep it locked on odds bodkins curiosity shop either the podcast here our facebook page odds bodkins curiosity shop on facebook also instagram and we'll keep you posted on any news that we find out about uh, when we're going to find vhs 85 
on the Shutter streaming service. So check us out, Odds Bodkins on Facebook, as I said, uh, as well on Instagram. And no matter where you listen to this podcast, currently we are on our new platform. All the old episodes are loaded, so you can find it all there at Podbean. And of course, you can always check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes, uh, all those places. Like and follow the podcast, uh, download the episodes, and please leave a review. Five stars would be awesome, but whatever review you leave us, we certainly do appreciate it. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!